Tommy Tallarico, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on The Sound Architect. Thanks for speaking to us today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's awesome. You have done so much for the game audio world, I can't even list it all. (laughs) (laughs) So just for the benefit of our listeners, just tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into the world of video game music. Yeah, well, um, I've been a video game composer for over 25 years. I've worked on over 300 video games, which is in the Guinness Book of World Record. It's the person who's worked on the most video games in their life. That's amazing. My mother's very proud. And and I also... uh, I also started uh, Video Games Live uh, World Tour uh, back in 2002, and it was really the, the first time any anyone had ever done uh, anything to that extent, um, and using live video, uh, synchronized video, and uh, you know some of the games that we played on our first show had never been played before, including Sonic the Hedgehog, Kingdom Hearts, Warcraft, Halo. So, uh, and then I also created a nonprofit organization called the game audio network guild, uh, or, uh, gang as it's referred to. And, um, uh, we have over 2,500 members now all over the world representing 30 countries. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, but, I mean, the way I got into video games is my, uh, my my two greatest loves growing up were always video games and music. Um, but I never really thought to ever put the two together because, well, there's no such thing as a video game composer in the 70s, right? <laughs> so, um, but um, I, uh, when I, when I turned 21, I got my car. I grew up on the East Coast of the U.S., and when I turned 21, I, I got my car and just le- literally left my parents crying on the doorstep <laughs> and um, went to California. Uh, no no job, no money, no friends, no place to stay, uh, nothing. Just, uh, just a dream. And just went for it. Yeah, and uh, when I first got out to California... Um, I was actually homeless the first three weeks I was out there. I was living under a pier at uh, at Huntington Beach. Well, I figured if you're going to be homeless, you might as well be at the beach. Um, (laughs) And... um, but the very first day I got there, I picked up a newspaper, and I saw a job for selling keyboards at Guitar Center. So I went down there and uh, did my whole East Coast Italian thing. Hey, hey, oh, you know, I'll sell you anything. What do you want? Here, give me a job. And um, so they, uh, they, they said, okay, kid, you start tomorrow. And uh, one of the first things that I had um, – one of the only things I brought with me were I had a couple T-shirts, you know, my Roland keyboard, and I think a, a four-track Fostex uh, recorder, cassette recorder. And um, but one of those T-shirts was a TurboGrafx-16 shirt. And this is back uh, in the late 80s, early 90s. No one had video game T-shirts back then. It wasn't like now you see them everywhere, you know. Yeah, they're all over the place now. Yeah, but but back then it was very, very rare. So uh, that was the shirt I wore the first day I 
went to work. I was very proud of it. And um, and the very first person who walked in, the first customer I waited on, literally now the second day I was in California, uh, was a producer who worked for Richard Branson and uh, Virgin. Wow. And they had started a video game company right down the street. And it was called Virgin Mastertronic at the time. I later changed their name to Virgin Games and then Virgin Interactive. But uh, I think they're mostly known as Virgin Games. Hmm. And uh, he saw my T-shirt. He says, do you know about video games? I said, I know everything about video games. <laughs> and uh, proceeded to download about you know 21 years of information on this poor guy. And um, I said, do you want a job? I said, doing what? I said, uh, playing video games and telling us uh, what you thinks how they can be better and what's wrong with them and it's not. I'm like, man, this California place is okay. So <laughs> so I was in California three days and I was in the video game industry. That's amazing. And, uh, yeah, it was over 23 years. That's a fantastic beginning just to be picked up after three days in a music shop as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, shoot, I, I take that back. That was 25 years ago. Gosh, not 23, 25. <laughs> <laughs> Just makes it even longer. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about Video Games Live as well. This is another amazing thing that you've started. Um, I've seen it on TV before. I'm a big fan. Um, yeah. I think it's amazing. Um, so just kind of fill us in on how it, how it started and you know how it's grown and flourished from where it began. Yeah, so I mean, video games live—it's—it's it's all the greatest video game music of all time, played by a full symphony and choir. Um, but what makes it really special and unique is that everything's completely synchronized to massive video screens, rock and roll lighting, uh, synchronized video, uh, special effects, stage show production, interactive elements with the crowd. So, I kind of like to describe it as having all of the power and emotion of a symphony orchestra, but combined with the energy and excitement of a rock concert, yeah. mixed together with all the cutting-edge visuals and technology and interactivity and fun that video games provide. So uh, my goal was I wanted to prove to the world how culturally significant and artistic video games have become, you know. So so I wanted to create a show for everybody. Yeah. Um, whether you know video games or you're a hardcore gamer or a casual gamer or you've never even played a video game before. So it was important that I really broaden the audience because um, I didn't want to just do a show for hardcore gamers. I wanted it to be accessible for, for everyone. Yeah. Again, to prove to, to the non-gamers out there how far we've come and how great this uh, the, the music is and the medium in general. So it really is a complete celebration of the video game industry. And, um, yeah, you know, when I first started it, everybody thought I was completely insane and no one believed in it. And uh, I wanted the first show, I really wanted to make a statement. So... Uh, and I wouldn't take no for an answer. So the the first show I did was at the Hollywood Bowl <laughs> with, nice. with the with the L.A. Phil. I figured I'd start right at the top. And uh, you know, I remember my agents and people telling me like, "Well, you can't play the bowl. You know that the Hollywood Bowl. Like you, you win seven Grammys and and uh, you know you tour for thirty years and you sell platinum millions of albums and then maybe you get invited to the Hollywood Bowl." I'm like, "No, no, first show ever. Want to do it there?" <laughs> and uh, it took me three years to put on the uh, the first show. And uh, again, everybody thought, "Ah, you're lucky if a thousand people show up." Well, 11,000 people showed up, 
and uh, all of a sudden I wasn't so crazy anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we've been doing it ever since. And we do we do forty, fifty shows a year all over the world, from uh, China to Dubai uh, to Chile, Brazil, Argentina, Peru to Canada, all over the U.S. and of course, all over Europe. I mean. We were the very first. Uh, of course, now there's been a lot of video game concerts that have that have come after us, uh, which which is uh, the highest form of flattery, um, and uh, and and which are very very different uh, from from our shows. They're they're more like traditional symphonic shows, which, by the way, I think is fantastic. I, I, I want as many video game concerts out there as possible, and uh, but video games live is very unique from uh, from everything else. Um, and uh, but yeah, we were the first to play in London, uh, you know, first to play in the UK, first to play in Ireland, and Poland, and France, and um, there there was a concert that had been there before us over in Germany, uh, but everywhere else from uh, you know Spain to Portugal, um, you know, we were kind of the uh, the first to to go in all those places, even places like Wales, we've been to. So. Wow, you've been everywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, and 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 we haven't been back to Europe in a while. Um, because of kind of the econ- the economic things over there, but but more importantly, you know, and and it is what really makes us different from other shows out there that are kind of trying to do what we're doing, is that to me it was always about keeping the ticket prices low. I'm you know I I don't do video games live for the money. You know I've I, I I've made I've made money in the video game industry, and uh, so I do this you know because it's a passion of mine because it's fun uh and as long as i can you know uh, keep it going financially as long as it's paying for itself i'm yeah. totally that's that's a great thing and and so you know one of the things is you know sure i could go i could have went over to the uk and france and you know your any parts of europe and kind of done a one-off show you know, so you fly your whole crew over there, yeah. you know, seven people, you know, uh, and and you're charging a hundred bucks a ticket or something. And, that, and that's what others are doing. And I just, I refuse to subscribe to that, you know. Uh, I want people to bring their families. I want it to be affordable. And so that that's probably the, the biggest reason why it's taken us, you know, four or five years to get back to Europe because I, 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 the only way to do it financially and to keep the tickets low is to do a big, you know, two, three week run, you know, hit 10 countries, um, you know, hit them all, you know, France, Germany, you know, I mean, we're going to Scandinavia, places like Belgium and the Netherlands and Sweden and, and if, you know, Spain, Madrid, a couple of shows in Madrid. So, so to, to go, you know, to kind of group it all together, it brings, I'm able to keep, you know, the promoters are able to, to keep the ticket prices low. And, um, you know, that's a big deal for me because, again, I want it to be accessible. I don't want it to be some, you know, highfalutin, snobby thing. It's supposed to be fun, like video games are fun. It's, you know, it's a little bit rock and roll. It's a little bit Beethoven, you know, and all video games all thrown into one. So, so there's the traditional aspects of the symphony, but there's also, you know, the modern 
technology and, and, and excitement and fun. And that's, you know, we, uh, you know, I encourage people to cheer and scream and holler whenever they feel like, you know. Um, and I don't allow anyone on stage to wear tuxedos. There's no, <laughs> no one in the symphony can wear tuxedos. And, you know, we encourage them to, to move around and get going. And, uh, you know, th- this is fun for everyone. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm personally very excited for the next time you come to the UK. Cause now, I, have I you went, been there? Have you, have no, you I haven't seen one yet, and I'm oh, dying boy, to okay. see one. I've only seen it online and on TV. And yeah, we said our yeah, we did a a big in, in the US. One of the the biggest concert stations here. It's called PBS. It's been around for over you know 50 years, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's where you know you know Sir Elton John and Paul McCartney and and you know Yanni and you know whoever you know all these you know three tenors, Luciano Pavarotti. <laughs> these are like you know this is where. You know, they've all had PBS specials from Celine Dion to Sarah Brightman. And uh, and so in 2010, Video Games Live did a PBS special, and we were in 90 million homes in the United States. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's actually uh, – it's number eight rated PBS special of all time out of the wow. five – thousand shows they've done. I think we're right behind Barney, in fact. I gotta <laughs> knock that guy off soon. Um, but uh no, I mean it's a very you know, it's a very exclusive list with Paul McCartney, Sting, Elton John and, and the three tenors, you know. And and impressive. Um, yeah, and so from there, after we did that, I, I then licensed it out to different all over the world, China, Sweden, you know, Europe, Sweden, and and one of the places was uh, Sky Arts uh, yeah. over in the UK, which is kind of a, you know, uh, a, a pretty cool, uh, you know, artistic kind of channel. And um, but no, I'm really excited then that you haven't seen the show. So yeah, we're we're coming over there. Uh, we'll be in London on November second. And we're in Manchester on November 1st. And, um, yeah, and we're, like I said, we're going everywhere, Germany, Paris. uh, We're going to Paris right after London, I think. And uh, we'll be all over the place. And I've seen there's there's different levels of packages, isn't there? There's, like, the gold, the platinum, and different tickets you can get, isn't there? Yeah, you know, I I don't have too much to do with that stuff. That's oh, that's right, all okay. the local promoter. I just tell them to keep the ticket prices as low as possible, and I have to, if I have to come down off my fee to uh, to make that happen, and we do. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I do know that we're that we do offer. A, there's a big VIP package that's mm-hmm. kind of we call it like the ultimate gamer VIP backstage experience. Because a lot of people were asking us, hey, hey, can we, you know, uh, well, here's the thing after every single show we do after every show we've ever done over you know hundreds and hundreds of shows over the last 13 years um we always have a free meet and greet so you know and and we and and our london shows are always great because we always get a bunch of the uh you know uh, all the uh a lot of the british uh, composers there as well and so that's free open to any ticket holder any after the show we announce it from stage hey come and come and see us after the show tell me what you want to hear next time this and that (laughs) again a very different attitude than some of the other concerts that are over there where they, you know, they charge hundreds of dollars to go meet the conductor and the composer or whatever. And, uh, mm. uh, you know, no need for that. But a lot of people were asking us, hey, could we get a – boy, it would be great to hang out. It would be great to, you know, see backstage. You know, tell us how you put it all together. 
And so, so yeah, so that's what we did. We, um, so that's what the kind of the, the special super VIP package is. And I, I don't remember how much it is. Uh, I think it's like a hundred US bucks or something. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, but but it's and so you uh, you come before the show, and I give you a personal tour of of backstage and the the, the set and how we set up the show and uh, you know how we create the show. We also give you a, a signed sheet music from wow. the show, a first page conductor's score. Uh, we give you our, our album, our latest album, Video Games Live Level 3, our big Kickstarter project. Yeah. Uh, we give you a backstage pass um, and some other stuff too. So, um, it definitely and, sounds oh, worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and that happens before the show. And then we also, because uh, we have the backstage pass, you also get the front of line access at the end of the show for the meet and greet with all the composers and stuff, too, uh, so that you don't have to wait in that line for, for two or three hours. Because sometimes those lines go, go pretty crazy. But, I'm not um, surprised. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. That sounds awesome. I even saw on the website, I'm sure there was even you get a special recorded message from David Hater as well on one of the packages or something. Oh, that's that's uh, the Kickstarter package. Oh, that the Kickstarter is the package. Yeah, the oh, okay. Kickstarter package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a that's a, a separate thing. Uh, uh, no, another no, Yeah, I remember now, yeah. Which is great, yeah. If you go to videogameslive.com, just look at our post-Kickstarter stuff. We're still running it, actually. I'm going to run it, you know, till uh, the end of this, uh, to the end of this year. Okay. Uh, where we just offer when I did the Kickstarter last year, uh, which by the way it was the third highest grossing Kickstarter album ever in the history of Kickstarter, which fantastic. was fantastic. Yeah, and um, because and that was the thing, like none of the record companies believed in us, and we had done two previous albums. Uh, our first album uh, came out uh, back in 2007, and that was on EMI. This is when record companies were still actually around yeah. uh, and making money. <laughs> but they, uh, And so they paid for the whole thing because it's very expensive, if you can imagine, to record a 100-piece orchestra, 100-person oh, yes. yeah. choir, um, and for something kind of like niche, like video games, you know, what, what the record companies think to be, yeah. um, is, is a tough sell. Uh, but we did it the first time around with the record company. The second album we put out went along with our PBS special, so it was just a compendium to that. It was a live recording just in CD form, so, oh, okay. so that was, that was uh, the easy one to do because yeah. we'd already done the PBS. Uh, so then when I went to do the third one, uh, you know, no record company wanted to touch it. They're like, what do you mean? You you want like, you know, so you want like $200,000 to record something and then all these gamer people are just going to illegally download it and put it on YouTube? Um, you're you're insane. So I'm like, okay, well, screw you guys. And uh, I, I, I took to Kickstarter. And I said, well, let's see if the if the I I believe gamers are willing to pay for quality. I believe they're willing to to pay for something if you don't try to gouge them, um, and and they're happy to do it. They're happy to join the cause and to get something they love. 
And I also, for this third album, I wanted to do some tracks that no one would have typically ever covered. You know, games like Beyond Good and Evil and yeah. Journey and some deep cuts from Warcraft and, uh, you know, stuff like Monkey Island and Street Fighter 2 and stuff that had never been recorded on, you know, on, on albums before, really. Um, and... Uh, and, and so I, you know, I took the Kickstarter, and and it was a big success. So uh, when we did the Kickstarter project, we did a whole bunch of uh, digital download stuff. And what I wanted to do is um, kind of extend that to to everybody. And, and so, like, you know, I think the first tier for like fifteen bucks, it, it's like, yeah, uh, you, you get like. Uh, two albums you know two amazing you know albums and and it just goes up from there my whole idea with the kickstarter was whatever somebody pledged i wanted to give them at least triple the value back at least so if you pledge 25 bucks i want to give you at least 75 or 100 or something you know and that and that's kind of how we did so like even at some of like the 25 dollar levels or something yeah you know you get just a ton like you know i think it's six hours of music or something yeah. so it's, it's something that um Again, for me, it's not about making money. It's it's about spreading the word and and to keep it going. As long as we can keep it all going, um, and running financially, then then it's a good thing. And that's been the key to the success. For again, you know, I started it 13 years ago, back in 2002, and here we are in 2015, still going strong. Or 2014, books <laughs> book shows into 2015 already. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been it's been fun, and and I, uh, you know, I do it all over again the the, the same way. It's um, it's so much fun for me. I mean, it's such an honor to be playing this music in front of millions of people all over the world, uh, in countries that again, when you play a place like the Middle East. And, you know, and, and you bust into, like, Metal Gear Solid or Kingdom Hearts, and everybody knows it. You know, it's just like, wow. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Or when you play to 25,000 people in China or, or 20,000 people in a baseball stadium in Mexico, which we did a few months ago. It's like, you know, it's it's unbelievable to, uh, to, to see it come uh, this far. Yeah, I think it's severely underrated still sometimes game music because, I mean, obviously I'm oh, a fan, totally. but I think there's, there's thousands of us, hundreds of thousands of us who love video game music and finally you know what I, getting the recognition. You know what I always say when, you know, like mainstream media people will ask me, you know, when you do interviews for the show or whatever, and they'll ask me, uh, so you know, video game music, do you ever think it's going to become popular, you know? <laughs> and uh, and I said, yeah, about 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, but you know what I tell people? I says, you know, the thing about video game music is that video game music is still is, is very much it's underground. But I got news for you. Everybody is underground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's very, very true. You know, it, it's kind of like, you know, you talk to people about it. It's like, oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I got that one song from Final Fantasy seven or whatever. You know, it's like everybody has like. Not everybody, but a majority of people under the age of 40 probably have some kind of video game music and, and definitely can hum Mario and Tetris and Zelda, you know, so, so it, it is, it's, it's one of those things that it's, it, video game music is underground, but, but everybody's underground. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so many fans around the world. And like you're saying, how much you enjoy it as well. You, you get to rock out yourself, don't you? You come on stage and you get to play with the, with the orchestra. 
yeah, yeah. You know, I try to limit it because I don't want people to think I'm some egotistical maniac. Right. But, but it's it's hard not to because uh, it's so much fun. Yeah. But but um, yeah, the uh, you know I, what I do is I uh, I'll, I'll play on like maybe three or four songs, um, especially more towards the end of the show because when you bring in an electric guitar, it kind of you know amps the you know kind of brings it to another level. Um, and, and for me, when I create a set list for the show, I, it's always about I always want it to be dynamic. You know, I don't want it to be just you know two and a half hours of here's big bombastic orchestra and choir boom for two and a half hours you know i want quiet moments i want beautiful moments i want fun wacky moments you know whether it's sonic or mario or katamari damasi or something or you know or i want you know slow beautiful moments like like something like a journey and some of the warcraft uh music or and then yes you want the big bombastic moments like the final fantasy big stuff and final fantasy has beautiful stuff as well oh, yeah um, a, or Skyrim or God of War or something, you know, and I want electronic stuff in there as well, too. So, you know, uh, you know, things like Metal Gear Solid where there's some, you know, synths and some, uh, uh, you know, drum loops and things like that. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil is another example of that. Um, but I also want, you know, I want... I want all the consoles represented. I want Nintendo, uh, you know, uh, PlayStation, Xbox, PC. So I want to do a balance of that. I want to do a balance of Japanese versus Western, you know. Um, and so, you know, putting all those things together, it, it really does, uh, you know, it, we, we've created – over 125 different segments for video games live, and we can only we can only play about 18 of them a night. Yeah. So so what I recommend everyone doing. So it's like, well, I'm not going to be blamed for somebody not hearing something they wanted to hear. So what I what I do is um, one of the ways I create the set list is we we create Facebook events page pages for every single show we do. Oh wow. So. So and I tell people, please tell me what you want to hear. And so I'll go on a Facebook page and I'll look in the uh, the events page and I interact with folks there all the time and and um, and I, I say, please tell me what you want to hear. And then I literally just take a I tally it up when I'm creating the set list. The other way though is that um, and I please recommend everyone uh, listening to to do this if you haven't already. But go to videogameslive.com and just, and join our mailing list. I, I don't spam people. We don't put out monthly newsletters or anything like that. But just put the game you want to the games you want to hear and and where you're from. And because what I do is I, you know, when I, again, when it comes time to go to the set list, I go on our Facebook page and then I'll also go to, um, uh, to our mailing list and I'll download an Excel right. spreadsheet and it shows me, okay, everybody, you know, in, in, uh, UK, here's what, you know, here's what they want to hear. And that's how I make the set list. And like I say, I throw in some, some, uh, you know, I craft it so that it's dynamic, but I also throw in a few surprises that, you know, something like a Shadow of the Colossus or something oh, nice. that, that that somebody might not have expected. Or uh, I'm like, geez, you know, for some reason Mega Man is not on the list. Well, I'm going to throw <laughs> in Mega Man. They probably just forgot it, you know, or whatever. So um, always, uh, you know, 
that that's the fun part. It's challenging. It's a challenging part putting a set list together when you have so much material, great material. But but uh, it's it's fun, and that's why I let the uh, I let the audience help decide because the show's for them. It's not for me, you know. Yeah. And uh, and then I also get to say on stage, look, if there's you guys put the set list together. So if there's something that that you missed that that we don't play tonight, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys chose all this. <laughs> well, I think it's incredible, and we're definitely looking forward to the next one. Um, so on to the next thing as well. Tell us all about the Game Audio Network Guild gang. So yeah, where did that a, come from? Yeah, well, you know, it's a nonprofit organization that I started uh, 13 years ago, about right before I started Video Games Live, actually. I did that, and then I started Video Games Live. <laughs> um, well, you know, um, <laughs> just bored. No, no. The, uh, so what I, I – I was very fortunate to be successful in the video game industry uh, all throughout the, the 90s. And I wanted to share this information and wealth and, and wealth of knowledge and all of the things. And because as video game composers and sound designers and voiceover people and anyone interested in audio in general for games, um, you know, there's three things we've got to deal with. There's, there's the, the contract you know, business elements, the money elements. Um, there's the creative elements, of course. And then there's also the technology elements, the, tech, the technical stuff. And and that's uh, something that most um, – the technology element, is, which is always changing um, – is something that a lot of industries didn't have to deal with. And the fact that, you know, film composers, you know, they've been doing it for, you know, they've been around 50, 60 years, the film scoring industry, you know. And so there's contracts, there's certain methods of money and this and that that, that are, that are uh, you know, unique to that industry and, and that are kind of, you know, uh, you know, uh, typical of that industry. Yeah. Well, with video games, again, it was all over the place, and people didn't know what to charge, and they didn't know what to put in their contracts, and they didn't know who to contact to send their demo to. So, uh, and so, I wanted to create a nonprofit organization where all the video game composers and sound designers and voiceover people can all get together and share information. But I also wanted to make sure that there's something in place for the people who are looking to get into the video game yeah. industry can be fostered and nurtured. And, you know, and, and so we have these great scholarship programs and we have um, internships. And so many people have received internships through gang and are now – you know, big game audio folks working at companies like Microsoft and Sony and, uh, you know, uh, tons of different places. So, um, and, and then from there, I also wanted to make sure that not only are we educating ourselves and not only are we educating the general public about how cool video game music is, but also educating the game publishers and the game developers about how important video game audio is Definitely. so uh and so you know we put together white papers and we do you know research and and we'll go to we'll go to the publishers and say look this is why it's important that you use a live orchestra instead of of just a midi orchestra this is why it's important to spend extra money 
doing a 5.1 mix instead of just doing a stereo mix. Here's a reason why we want to create, and you should support this new technology to create multiple streaming audio within a certain system, and and uh, you know because this is why it's important. And here's how much better it will be. So, you know, a lot of lot of initiatives. Um, uh, to, to that to that extent and and it's just been amazing you know uh, uh, again the, the support the major sponsorship the uh, uh, you know everything about the forums and then we have the big gang awards every year at the game developers conference uh, we've done 13 of them now and uh, we have over 20 categories everything from you know best audio in a cinematic cutscene uh, to best handheld audio uh, you know best best uh, instrumental piece best uh best choral piece you know best audio overall best sound design best uh best mix you know best audio mix so you know tons of of great categories uh and even things like best uh, uh best game audio publication and and uh um uh, you know, like best pu- publication or story about video games or interview and stuff. So, so maybe this interview right now will exactly. be uh, yeah, that's what could, we're hoping. could be <laughs> eligible for a Gang Award uh, in 2015. So, uh, you know, so so it's that kind of stuff. Um, and and it's great. You know, it, it, it's brought a lot of uh, a, a brought a lot of attention to the people who make the music and who make the sound effects and who ma- and who implement the sound and the sound programmers and the and the the, the uh, you know the voiceover folks. Uh, and we have different branches uh, within Gang as well. So we have a. Uh, uh, like uh, GVAC, for example, is the the Gang Voice Actors Coalition, um, and, and so so if you're you know if interested in really getting involved with uh, with voice acting, you know we actually have a special section where all the the top voice acting uh, folks in the industry, you know, the folks who work at Blizzard and EA uh, and Microsoft, and, you know, they're all a part of these, uh, of this thing. And again, doing uh, white papers and, and informing people and putting on panels all over the world, uh, um, you know, how to put your demo, the best demo together and what, what people are looking for and audio directors and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, if, look, if, if anyone is at all interested in doing any kind of audio for video games, please, please, please join Gang. We even have uh, we have student special student memberships as well, or non professional memberships. So if you're if you're if you haven't done a game yet, then it, it's very easy. It's very affordable uh, to get in. I think it's. Uh, I think it's like fifty bucks or something for 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 the entire year, and you get access to everything—the forums, the website, all the contact information, contracts that you can download. You know, uh, everything. Because here's my biggest piece of advice for anyone looking to get in: talent is important. But it's not the most important thing, and people are shocked when they hear that, and they hate when I say that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is, is that talent's about fifty percent of it. The other fifty percent is networking. Yeah. It's it is really all about who you know. 
And the best way to, to network and to meet people is to go to the gang events, is to join gang, is to meet the people, is to get involved in the forum. Um, it's, it's to go to the Game Developers Conference and go to the gang events and go to the, the awards show and the parties and the, you know, all the things and, and the, uh, you know, uh, the events that, that, uh, that, that we do. I mean, it, it, it's all about that. You know, meeting somebody, meeting an audio director uh, and, and talking with them and making friends with that person and asking them, hey, is there anything I can do for free? I'll, I'll just, how can I help out? Just give me a chance. That's how I got involved. Yeah. You know, that's how I, I, I went from, from being a game tester into a composer. I bugged the vice president of, the, of Virgin every day. Uh, and then after about three months, he said, okay, fine. He, you know, because I would say, look, let, whenever you need music or sound, I'll do it for free. Just give me the chance. I want to learn it. I know I've never done it before, but just let me do it for free. And, and, uh, and that's what happened when I, um, when I, uh, you know, the, and the first game they needed music for was Prince of Persia, the original, uh, the original Prince of Persia, and uh, I ended up doing the music of George, with uh, Jordan Mechner, and uh, and ended up winning uh, an award for best music that year. So they made, they said, okay, I guess you're the music guy now. So, <laughs> That's one way yeah, to make your statement. <laughs> yeah. What the heck, right? uh, well, I think there was like two other people doing it back then, but still. <laughs> no, no, it's not true. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so so gang's a great way. Go to audiogang.org and and get involved. And uh, I guarantee uh, you'll learn more stuff there uh, than you would four years of college. <laughs> it's an awful thing to say, but uh, you know it's so true. Yeah, sadly it is. Even though I did that, <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> it is true though. But um, yeah, I can't recommend Gang highly enough. You know, I think it's an amazing resource for for us audio people who who wanted to get into games or in games or anything, really. It just, it's just a fantastic resource to get involved in. Yeah, thanks. And do you do many gang events in the UK? That was one of the questions I was going to ask. Um, you know, we have a UK chapter, um, and I think uh, Richard Jakes, I believe, heads that up. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Um, and so, it, you know, it's one of those things. Here, here's here's the kind of the cool part about gang. It's one of those things where uh, gang is the type of uh, the type of organization where you say, uh, "Hey, hey guys, um, hey gang, I'd like uh, it'd be really cool if we did a meetup. In fact, I know of a great pub, uh, and you know, could we?" Um, is it possible to do a gang up, or is there? We call it a gang, a gang bang, or a gang, you know, <laughs> a gang up, or whatever, you know. Can can we do a gang meet up, and and we'll facilitate it. So if you say, yeah, sure, you you we'll help you do, it and we'll send it out to the members, and we'll promote it on Facebook, and we'll do, a, you know, all these things. So so you know, yeah, if you're a member and you want to. You know, say, hey, can you know get together together, and then all of a sudden you'll you'll show up, and there'll be you know thirty game audio composers there. Who've been doing it for some doing it thirty years, some doing it three days, you know. So and nice. some looking to do it, and and uh, just hanging out, and yeah, gang hang as we call them. Um, you know, always always a good time. So yeah, you know, we we'll uh, we always uh, like to uh, you know do that. Definitely. Well, we'll be looking into that because obviously the sound architect is big on audio and game audio in the UK. So we'll be trying to awesome. 
engage people and get more people involved. Cool. So what's your, you've obviously mentioned networking, but for someone who is an aspiring composer or a sound designer or a voice artist or everything, as you've mentioned, what is your number one piece of advice for getting working games? To get, for getting working games? Uh, going to the Game Developers Conference. Yeah. And, I, and I think over in the UK, too, there's a Develop UK. I yep. think there's a... There's, next week, yeah. Yeah, and, so they, and there's a lot of great audio folks there, I know. Um, you know, but, but really, Game Developers Conference is the mother of them all. I yeah. mean, that's where fifteen to 17,000 game audio... Uh, 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 game uh, developers all come. Um, you know, there, there's hundreds of, of booths... Uh, they're looking, you know, job fair booths, you know, yeah. um, and and meeting the folks, you know, uh, meeting the folks. Uh, so here's a here's a couple here's a couple of things. One, join gang. Two, go to the game developers conference. Now, there's a couple of great uh, websites out there. Gamasutra.com has a a huge audio, uh, you know, just browse through. They got 15 years of audio stuff on there. Uh, browse through some of those. Um, and it's a great resource because it literally lists every single game developer and publisher in the world. So you go on there and you list, oh, I bet there's no, I wonder if there's any game developers around me. And no matter where you live in the world, it's like, holy crap, there's 12 right around, you know, right down the street. Um, you'd be surprised how, how many there are um, and getting in t- contact with those folks. Another place is the International Game Development. Developers Association, the IGDA. Yeah. That's a non-profit. It's IGDA.org. And they also have monthly uh, chapter meetups all the time. And, and I know they have them in London like every month. Yeah. And and so what a great place to go to meet people who are making video games, you know. Uh, so I, I'd recommend doing that as well. Fantastic, yeah. Oh, and there's a great book out there, too. Aaron Marks, uh, The Complete Guide to Game Audio. Yeah. Uh, and it's a good place to start, you know, 20 bucks or whatever it is. You get it on Amazon. And, uh, you know, that that's an amazing uh, resource. Another great book is uh, it's called Audio for Games by uh, Alexander Brandon, who's uh, the vice president of Gang, actually. Wow. Yeah, definitely want to check that one out. Fantastic. So there's a lot of resources out there. There really is. I mean, it, yeah. just go on Amazon and put in game audio books yeah. and, and you'll, you'll see it all. Fantastic. Well, Tommy Tallarica, that's been amazing. Thank you so much for speaking to us today. I know for a fact that all the listeners are going to love all of that information. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for uh, helping us spread the word uh, on everything. And, uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to meeting you in person uh, on November 2nd in London. Definitely. I'll see you there. Awesome. Thanks.